So it's always good to know that big picture before you even begin. And what is the job of the parent during each one of these phases? Um, How is each phase unique? So for example, is parenting a toddler different from parenting a teenager? Should be. Most people go, yes. And I say, not really. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lost Art of Parenting podcast, a podcast where we help educate, entertain, and encourage you in all things parenting. We want to help you understand what you are doing and why you're doing it so that you can increase the odds of raising children who are prepared for life while enjoying your job as a parent and hopefully enjoying your children along the way. And surviving it. Survival. (laughs) That is the key. We're a survival podcast now (laughs) catered towards parents. Parenting 911. Yes. My name is Jesse Mayer. I am your host and we cannot do the Lost Art of Parenting podcast without the woman herself, the parenting guru, Kim Cross. Just experienced. I don't Just know about experience. a guru, but lots of experience. <laughs> All the experience. So what are we talking about today, Kim? We are talking about something that I came up with a number of years ago out of pure necessity, mm. which was to give parents a kind of an overarching roadmap of what's involved in parenting. And we're calling it the four phases of parenting mm-hmm. so that they get the big picture and what's involved in each one of those phases. Because I found out that people sometimes don't think about the end goal where they're heading, and then how each phase can be very unique with specific goals and skills and things parents should be teaching. So we're going to talk about those different phases. And, you know, the phases of obviously infancy and toddlers, elementary school, middle school, which I call the pit of doom. Uh, Agreed. (laughs) High school. And then we've got adult children, right? It's a long journey. Mm -hmm. So it's always good to know that big picture before you even begin. And what is the job of the parent during each one of these phases? Um, How is each phase unique? So for example, is parenting a toddler different from parenting a teenager? Should be. Most people go, yes. And I say, not really. (laughs) And here's why. Um, These these things that toddlers do are very similar to what teenagers do, which is they're seeking independence. They've discovered, I say, discovered the word no, right? Okay. So um, your toddler's behavior can be a very accurate predictor of what they're going to be like as a teenager. That's a little scary, Kim. Don't scare people like that. I'm telling you what, when I talk about this, parents break out into a cold sweat (laughs) because they see these crazy, you know, toddlers and their behavior can very, be very similar to a teenager's. And anybody Mm. out there who has a teenager can nod their head and go, yeah, my teenager sometimes acts like a two-year-old. So they're very similar in a lot of ways. So what is it about those phases that are, are similar, I guess? What's the... They both discover the word no. So around the age of as early as 18 months to two years old, which is during the toddler phase, right? 
they they discover that they're separate from their mom. They're a, a separate human being. Like an independence almost. Oh, absolute independence. And they'd like to exert it. And they use the word no quite a bit. right? Okay. And that's healthy. That's good if we can navigate that well. A teenager does the same thing. They're kind of coming into their own and they want more independence. They want more control. They want more power. The problem is, is now they drive and they're fertile. That is a problem. <laughs> really scary. <laughs> So we want to get the big picture and know what's involved and what's ahead with these four phases of parenting. Well, tell me what, do you have like breakdowns of what those phases are or labels or something we can use to refer to them? Right. So the phase one, I call the phase of infancy. Okay. And I will define that roughly as zero to year, years, uh, zero to two years old. Okay. Okay. Phase two, I, call, I affectionately call it the age of no and no. So N-O, meaning I'm a two-year-old, and no, I don't want to do that. But as they get older, they need to know a lot more things. They're now going to school, mm -hmm. preschool, elementary school. And so I define that as around age two to about 12. Okay. Phase three is the teen years. So we're talking 13 to 17 years old. And then we have the phase of adult children. This is kids who are 18 and up. Okay. So we have um, kind of a breakdown of those four phases, and I can get into more detail. Um, phase one, infancy, basically what I've defined this as, as what does the parent need to do or achieve or have an end goal of or provide for these kids during this phase? So phase one, infancy is just love them. Mm. Keep them alive, right? You, yes. There's safety involved here and provide for their basic needs. And this phase is simple. Right? That sounds pretty simple. You love them, you feed them, you keep them safe, right? But it's a huge life adjustment. For you. For the parent, absolutely. And so I, I break it down to into what is challenging for each phase. So phase one is it is physically and it is psychologically challenging. Okay, so why is it physically challenging? You can imagine. You've got a newborn who needs your attention. Who needs to be fed every two hours <laughs> yes. on the hour. Or my son every 20 minutes. Um, and it's it's just physically exhausting. You're not getting sleep. You're having to psychologically adjust to, it's not about me. Mm -hmm. It's not even about us, meaning you and your spouse. We've got this highly dependent, highly demanding little human being that needs everything from us. So you're... you're steep learning curve, you're not sleeping, there's huge changes in your routine and schedule, your sense of normalcy is out the window, and you've got to adjust to the needs of this helpless little person. So well, and you simple. see that it's also, if the, even if you've gone through this once, then you then also have to deal with all of that for your other children <laughs> if you have them, right? Like I have a friend who is now on their second, and they're like, number one wasn't terrible because we outnumbered the child, but now we're evenly matched and both of them need attention. And so you are now also trying to adjust their understanding of their lives to this new child as well, right? So it's not Correct. always just the parents. It can also involve, you know, other siblings or if you're in a, in a mixed family, you are adapting to all of that stuff too. So it's, it's wide reaching. Yes. And you, I, I call it going from man to man coverage to zone. Yes. <laughs> you got a whole bunch of kids. Um, all right. So phase two, the age of no and no. So N O and K N O W, um, again, dresses ages two about to 12. And the first three things 
go through each phase. So infancy, you always carry we, over. You carry it over. So we talked about love. We talked about safety. We talked about basic needs. We're still doing that in phase two, but now we're adding some more requirements, so to speak, or or jobs of the parents. And that is now we have to teach limits and boundaries. Now we have to teach morals and values. And now we need to make sure they're getting an education. Okay. So this phase is intellectually challenging because it starts the first time your child says no. Mm. It is game on. You don't you're no longer just feeding them and caring for them and providing the basic needs. Now it's now what do I do? Now I have to get into discipline. I have to get into teaching. I have to, to know what to do, how to do it. And so we are in a teaching mode now and they're in a learning mode. So what do they need to learn and how do they learn it? And at the same time, how do I maintain a healthy relationship while I'm doing that? I think this phase is interesting because I almost always joke with all my friends. I mean, it is funny that I'm hosting this this parenting <laughs> podcast, and we're going to say that it's so that in the future I am well-versed, right? <laughs> we're educating um, you ahead I imagine, of time. <laughs> yes, this is me playing the layman of, I have no children, tell me what I need to know before I have them, right? Some of you are already going through this as listeners, you're already um, dealing with this. Some of you have already gone through this, and you're going back and going, okay, if I choose to have another, what can I improve on, right? right. But I always make this joke when I see toddlers being worked with, and, I'm, and they're saying, no, I'm always like, well, we don't negotiate with terrorists, right? And so, and I, you know, there's some parents that laugh and some that are like, no, you can't say it like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm making it as a joke because I don't have kids. And so it's easy for me to uh, mock because I'm not (laughs) sleep deprived and dealing with it. But you really do have to start making decisions about what am I firm on? What am I not firm on? What is worth the battle right now, what is not? How do I teach them why this is important? Things of that nature. And so it's like, I make an offhand comment about don't negotiate with terrorists, but you really are having this whole intellectual decision-making process daily with them all the time about what you're going to handle as far as their limits and boundaries, their values and their morals and what they're learning at school, how they're learning it, how to deal with the homework, all that stuff, right? Right. You you shift from that physical to that intellectual very Mm -hmm. quickly, right? And just side note, a lot of people um, are shocked to hear this, but kids, children in general, learn what an authority figure is, whether it's healthy or not, by the age of, want to take a guess? Um, I'm gonna, Since we're in phase two, I'm assuming somewhere between two and 12, so I'm going to say three. Uh, by age two, okay. a child understands a healthy or unhealthy role authority model figure. of authority, and that's, okay. that's a big deal. So we need to really get this figured out pretty quickly. Pretty early. So phase three, um, we're heading into, um, I heard, I, I'm going back to your terrorist comment, but <laughs> now they're larger. They're now larger <laughs> so talking, and fertile. Yes, now <laughs> and driving. So now we're talking teens, which of course age around 13 to 17. It can start sooner, trust me, but that's the general parameter. So now we go back and we still have love, safety, and basic needs, mm-hmm. right? That still carries on. We still have, we're teaching limits and boundaries. We're teaching morals and values. We're getting an education that still follows through, but we add one new thing, which is independence, life skills, mm-hmm. right? So this phase is emotionally challenging. First of all, their hormones are going crazy. So they're emotionally right. charged. <laughs> and it means more mood swings, strong you know, emotions and tears. They're going through the whole physiological changes and they want independence. But again, they're going to vacillate. Most teenagers will do this until adulthood. 
sometimes your teenager will act like a toddler. Mm. And sometimes you get glimpses of, okay, there's hope they're going to turn into an adult. (laughs) (laughs) And so think about it. You're trying to manage emotions while teaching and balancing that teeter-totter of limits and boundaries and independence at the same time. Mm. That's tricky territory. Well, and I think, I mean, it is so hard because, you know, I think of me growing up, my, my brother, who's a middle child, had some was a little rougher around the edges when he hit his teenage years. He, he had emotional outbursts. He didn't want to do the school thing. And then he wanted independence, but then he wanted to be at the house. And I mean, there's just so many things. And I'm sure I went through the same thing too. And so, but the problem is, is they can decide to just like leave now, right? It's like they can drive or they can just leave and theoretically survive. And it's not like when you're young and you run away from home to join the circus, you get about three blocks away and, and decide it sucks <laughs> and you go back home. Like my brother actually moved out at age 16 for almost six months because he didn't feel like his independence was being validated or whatever, right? right. And went through a phase. And so he moved out for six months and then realized, hey, paying rent sucks and I want to go <laughs> home. <laughs> and so I, I think there's just so many more things. And obviously I watched my mom emotionally struggle with this of, I want to empower him. I want to set him up for success, but I also can't let him run my whole life just because he's in an emotional state right now. And then also dealing with the, okay, fine, maybe he does need to move out, but then I also hate that he moved out because I still want more time with him. And it's just like, I can only imagine how many emotional feelings you have. And then you're still probably also tired and exhausted and you're yep. dealing with your regular life on top of all of it. Yep. And there are right and wrong ways and, and good techniques that can help parents with obviously in each one of these phases so that we hopefully can navigate this as best as we can. Navigate the challenges of that phase. And increase the odds of success and Mm -hmm. launching an adult, which brings us to phase four, right? So these are your adult children, so 18 and up. Um, And this is the fun one for me because I now have two adult children. They're independent, they're successful, they're well-grounded. I mean, thank you, Jesus, for that, right? Right. (laughs) It worked, right? But I go back, so many people ask me, what do I do now as an adult uh, with adult children? And I tell them, Rook, here's your job description. You go back to two things. Number one, you love your child. That is the only common thread through all four phases. The second thing you do is provide consulting or advice only when asked. Now, the scary part is this this phase is going to challenge you with either regrets or encourage you with a great sense of accomplishment because they're an adult now. Your job is never finished as a parent, but what you needed to teach in the previous phases is, is past, okay? So being the parent of an adult child is almost like a tightrope on ice skates. You you are walking a fine line between loving your child and then only giving, like I said, consult, consulting and advice when they ask you. But if you haven't done those other phases, the, the expression pay now or pay later really comes into play. Because if you're trying to teach morals and values to an adult child, it's too late. If you're trying to teach them limits and boundaries, it's too late. They needed to have learned that already. Now, are there skills that I can help you with if it's feeling like it's too late? Yeah, we can navigate it. It's going to be a longer, harder road, 
but we can we can fix quote unquote some of those things. So as you can see, I mean, really, there's some very critical needs that need to be met at each of these phases, and and obviously, as you put them in early, it should theoretically, if everything goes well, pay off later, right? And so, if you're trying to teach your morals and values. In high As school. they're already <laughs> about to graduate, you're a little behind the eight ball on these things, right? Yep. And they're going to have a longer, harder time getting to that point where if you maybe started earlier, they would be. It's not impossible, but it's going to be a longer, harder role. Absolutely. World. And so if you as um, a parent don't learn to set healthy limits and boundaries early, like say phase two, which is where you're supposed to do them, and you're trying to do that at the fourth phase, as they're about to launch, you may have a very codependent child or a child that just is off all on their own. and Or off the rails. Yeah, and yeah. it's like those are all things that ideally doing these during specific phases and being very intentional. Pastor Harv says that a lot, intentional parenting. Um, and you, you talk about this a lot and how you do it, being intentional about when and where you're doing certain aspects of your parenting in their age and in their life cycle is going to set you up for success. And then you ideally, as the point of this podcast says, you enjoy the parenting process and they enjoy you. And overall, you enjoy the whole thing. And it's not the, I'm never doing this again. It was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, those missed learning opportunities for your child will show up later. That's basically what we're saying. Right. And so if you want to... Um, raise the odds of raising a great kid, enjoy the journey along the way, have less stress, be more effective, have relationships that are healthy and loving and, and lifelong relationships so that your kids want to be with you when they don't have to, mm -hmm. when they're older, and you get to know and love on your, your future grandkids, that's awesome feeling. So I just want people to, to go through this parenting journey with fewer regrets and have their kids be awesome adults, which is not only good for the parent and the child, but it's better for our society. Yeah, just as a whole, it's good. It impacts it's, everybody. That's why this is the lost art of parenting. There's <laughs> right. society as a whole, I think, has forgotten a lot of these key tips. And um, a lot of what you teach is based on biblical values and what, what we were taught through scripture and through some very serious study and sciences of rearing children and then obviously your own experience. And so um, if you, I'm hoping that this podcast gives you the ability to um, be successful with some of the tips and tricks Kim shares, but if you're feeling underprepared or you feel like you've already missed some steps, I wanna really encourage you guys to make an appointment with Kim. Um, go to RethinkParenting.com, make an appointment with her so that she can help set you up for success if you're feeling behind or even if you just want to go, here's what I'm doing, what do you think? And she can go, yep, you're on a great plan. Obviously, there's no perfect parent or child or plan, but if you can have some objective outside, very experienced um, input on your plan and how you're doing things, you're going to have a lot fewer regrets and have a way higher chance of success in launching a fully-fledged, high-functioning child out into the world to someday when it's time and they're ready to also be a parent and they can look back and say, hey, my parents did a pretty good job with me. I want to emulate some of the things that they did. So I really encourage you to make an appointment with Kim, uh, RethinkParenting.com. So thank you guys so much for joining us here on the Lost Art of Parenting podcast. And until next time, be blessed. Mm -hmm.